turn this up. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast, where we talk sports, culture, food, oh, and the law. The Practice in Motion podcast is about bringing engaging conversations sprinkled with nuggets and insights about the legal aspects of everyday life. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Practice in Motion podcast with Steve. And this is Asia. How's it going? Hey, good. Back like we never left. Right. So we here. We got a lot to talk about. So what's going on, Asia? Well, there's a lot going on. I would love to tell you. Asia Days. Asia Days. Asia Days. I put that on everything. This is crazy. So very soon I have a trial coming up and it's not just any trial. It's actually a divorce trial, which is so rare nowadays, but I'm excited for it. And it's just something that's so different. We're back in person. It's going to be like normal court process again and all those types of things. So hopefully we get a good victory. But yeah, it's really exciting. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So tell me what kind of issues come up in a divorce trial and how is it different? I know typically people who have experience with divorces, they is like paperwork. If you really see the judge, if ever, unless there's like an issue with like children or placement or somebody's hiding money or something like that. So how do you get to a whole trial? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, this divorce has been proceeding for a while and I feel like any case that does get to trial, it's one that's been pending for a long time. Because parties really do try to every avenue in which we have, for the most part, tried different things with the parties to get divorced. And they just, it doesn't have worked out. And we've come to some agreements on issues such as property division and things like that. But for other things, as far as the marital home, those are things that they just can't decide on. And so a judge is going to have to figure it out. Divorce trials are different. They're not like a criminal trial where you see on TV with jurors and things like that, it is just in front of one sole person, which is the judge. So it's something that the parties go into knowing that this judge is going to make this decision. And from what I've heard from some judge's mouth, they don't like to necessarily make those decisions, but the parties want them to. And so that's what this judge is going to have to do. Ooh, Ooh, that's tough. (laughs) Yeah, but no, the judge is, I think, fair and reasonable, which I think is a good thing going in. And I think we have a good chance to get my client what he wants. Hey, that's always exciting. But I just, when I heard, I said, this is crazy. This case must have been going on forever and they must not be getting along at all. (laughs) (laughs) If you had to have the judge decide these things. There's a lot I can say about it, but of course I can't. (laughs) Of course. That's the lawyer's oath, right? So Right, right. So what's going on with you in the courts these days? Man, you know, it's a lot going on. I had a ton of Zoom hearings. My whole life is full of Zoom, and it's very weird because I came up in the old school of law where you actually had to, like, dress up and go there. <laughs> right. Now you only have to dress, like, half on the top. Right. You're a walking mullet. <laughs> Your business on the top, party on the bottom. <laughs> Today, one of the lawyers was broadcasting live from his bedroom. He hadn't made his bed, and that's the thing that I couldn't stop oh focusing on. I was like, dang, he's in his bedroom. He did not make his bed. I've seen so many crazy things on Zoom and courts especially in like the criminal courts where they just bring all the parties in. Everybody's just doing their own thing. And so it's crazy how we've gotten accustomed to the Zoom, completely Zoom courts. But yeah, back in person is what we need. What do you think? There's a petition that came out in March of this year where they were, now that things are kind of opening up or loosening up, 
where they want to continue Zoom hearings. And so for some people, a lot of it had a lot of support from the bar, the state bar. But as you would imagine, a lot of the criminal defense bar says there's some things that should not be done via Zoom and that could affect the constitutional rights of criminal defendants. So what do you think? Yeah, no, I think this whole transition and the transition back trying to go to normal has been like like a double-edged sword because it has it had its benefits, but also its downsides. So I think for some hearings that are less important, to be honest, right. they can be on Zoom. Yeah, if, you know, Exactly. And uh, for some clients, it's just easier if they're working or they're at home with their kids. It's hard for them to go to the courthouse. It does take out a lot of foot traffic, which is just going to be the new reality going forward anyway. So if you can bring out less or take out less people from the courthouse, I can just get those things handled on Zoom and they're OK with that. I think it's a good thing. Criminal courts, I think, should just be in person because rights and freedom is all at liberty and at stake. So I think that is very important to get back in person, which I know at least Milwaukee County is really trying to get back in full time in person. I think a lot of other counties have kind of already gone back to in person hearing in Waukesha County tomorrow. So, yeah, there's I think it's like a good and bad. It's so hard. And I think it could be easily mitigated, right? By like in Milwaukee, we're lucky in Milwaukee County, they have very well-developed local rules. Yeah. So you know there's like a rule for everything. So how what you're supposed to wear to court, how many mm-hmm. days you get for motions, mm-hmm. when you can do this, when you can do that. So I think that if they just come out with some guidance saying, okay, these hearings will be in person. Right. You're in custody, blah, blah, blah. But if it's like scheduling conferences, perfunctory, like administrative things, status conferences, I think that that should be able to go to Zoom. And then if it's like an important motion hearing, you should get the option. So like if it's a summary judgment or a pretrial motion, you do that in person because you want to try to, a lot of that stuff, you're horse trading off the record and things of that nature. So I think that it's easily doable. And I think that the judges in Milwaukee County typically will find a way to do the common sense thing that works best for their staff and for their calendar rather than having yeah. the people congregating in the courtroom waiting. No, and I was just thinking children's court is crazy with so many different parties in those types of cases. Zoom has been amazing for those <laughs> court proceedings, like permanency plan hearings where it's just a check-in, like six-month check-ins, mm-hmm. and you have parents and the children and all the attorneys people from CPS and those types of things. Like, I think Zoom is good because everybody's just in one place. (laughs) You don't have to try to gather people from other courtrooms and children's court or all those types of things. So The only place there's still a pain in the butt, and I don't know how to make it not a pain in the butt, is small claims. Small claims, (laughs) whether you're in person or on Zoom, is still problematic. But (laughs) if you're in small claims, that's just par for the course. You're just going to end up being in pain regardless. So, yeah. So what else has been up with what you got going on? Uh, you know what? I have an unpopular opinion. This is Steve's unpopular opinion. Why? Because I'm too honest, and that's my character flaw. You, you, you said it, not me. Man, you know what? I was really struggled because I had two unpopular opinions, and I guess I'm going to have to sit on one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I will do the one that is most prescient on top of mine. So... If you're a parent, you know that your kids have been virtual for the last year. Right. No, schools have given you the choice of being in person. And then even then, you get one day right. where you are virtual. So that has been the bane of every parent's existence <laughs> because schools have been open shorter. So the school day is shorter. Then there's no after school programs or enrichment. And then on top of that, the one day out the week, your kid is 
on a computer at least yeah. one day out the week. And so yesterday, my son, Stephen Alexander DeVoe III. Oh my III, gosh, that's not his full name. I gave him his whole government because <laughs> I was this mad. He said, hey, dad. I said, what? He's like, well, I have Flex Fridays for the rest of the school year. And Flex Friday means he doesn't have school. Okay. On Friday. So I'll be like, I still got to do stuff. Right, <laughs> I still right. have work and things. But now, you know, I'm trying to supervise you. But it led me to think, is school these days a joke? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like school is a joke, man. Like, and I struggle with this because you and I, like myself, have spent a lot of time becoming an educated person. Right. Like 20 years of our lives, like <laughs> from the time we started K-4 mm-hmm. to the time we graduated from law school, that's 20 years of continuous education that yes. we invested in our brains. And I don't know if I can say in good conscience that school is a good investment right now. <laughs> wow. I feel like it's a hustle. So you're saying that because of the Flex Friday or? Because either we were overschooled and it was just like a lot of filler time. Right. Or these kids are getting shafted. Right, right. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I was thinking about in sixth grade, I was reading Shakespeare. I read Julius Caesar and I understood it. I wrote essays on it. And in sixth grade, I knew all the parts of speech. I could diagram. Oh, sense. wow. I could do all this stuff. I can't get my son to read Shakespeare. Yeah. And he's going to seventh grade. So I'm really afraid that this whole COVID year has really done a disservice to the children. And that they're not going to be as competitive or yeah. prepared for the rigorousness right. of the next level, which is high school. And it hasn't even just a year. It's what, all of 2020, Mm -hmm. which was the end of a school year, and then starting a new school year through COVID and now finishing a full school year. So it's been like a year and a half school Mm term-wise that kids haven't had normalcy. So (laughs) it's funny you say it's a joke. I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) I'm not even sure how to respond to that. It's an unpopular opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like school is a whole joke, man. And don't knock the teachers because I know a lot of times it's politics and you got to teach what the state tells you to teach. And there's so many other factors. Like a lot of my relatives are educators and I have a lot of respect for what they do. But I hear them all the time complain about how they're hamstrung by administration and curious factors out of their control. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my mom was a teacher too. And I think half the time she's telling me she's telling kids to pull a mask over her face. Right. Like, and they're in person. I'm not sure how many days a week, but like, it's like how much work and teaching can get done through COVID with masks and social distancing. It's just weird. I can't imagine. And me, because I'm an educated person, I like to think, you know what I mean? I value learning. I read for pleasure, things of that <laughs> nature. I find myself having to go over things that I feel like my son should have learned in school. So I found right. myself being a homeschooler when I didn't go to school to be a teacher. You know what I mean? I went to school to do law. Right. <laughs> you know, I just happened to know of different things and remember because I struggled in certain areas. So I learned how to do certain things. So I know how to teach them to other people. So. I find myself teaching him things that I feel like school should have taught him. Like, for instance, he hasn't been exposed to another language yet. Yeah. By fourth grade, fourth grade, I started Spanish. So by seventh grade, I was three or four years into Spanish lessons. Wow. And I was able to test out of Spanish when I got to college. I still took it, but things of that nature, they don't teach you the things you really need to learn, I feel like, to be successful. Like, I end up teaching my son a lot about financial literacy and education, budgeting, you know, things, stuff that I feel like they should be exposed to for the real world or even just emotional stuff like how to manage frustration. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, mental health matters a lot and just knowing about that and knowing who you are and how to get through life. 
It's not taught in school at all. But, or history. Right. <laughs> my son was like, who started, he asked me today randomly, who created Black History Month? He says something like Oprah or Barack Obama. <laughs> I said, no, Carter G. Woodson, who wrote The Miseducation of the Negro. Mm-hmm. If I had known that, I wouldn't be able to tell him like, hey, Black right. History Month started out as Black History Week. And right. then it grew to a month and it was started by Carter G. Woodson. Well, you know your son's smart. He asks those good questions. So, yeah. you know, you got a smart one on your hands. <laughs> yeah, but I feel bad for the kids who ain't. <laughs> so, oh, man. that's my unpopular opinion, man. No knock to the educators. I tip my hat to you. You have done the Lord's work in the desert <laughs> under the worst possible circumstances. Yes. And I know it's a lot of politics, but parents, I know you feel my pain because <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's been rough. And so I've had to learn long division all over again, (laughs) stuff I don't even use, really. Oh, man, yeah. So that's my unpopular opinion. I want to talk about some sports. Oh, yeah, we got to go there. Okay, now let's decompress because I got worked (laughs) up. I'm red in the face. Right, right. So I've been really in tune to NBA games going on. Playoffs are here, and it's getting exciting. It is. This playoff, though, or play into the playoffs is what I'm really interested in seeing because I think right now the games, they have like each team has like three or four games left and it's so much movement, like back and forth, back and forth. I can't even keep up. Yeah, like Toronto got eliminated. From the playoffs? From the playoffs because Indiana won. Oh, so they're not even in the playoff running. But this is the irony to me, right? So there's two things. The irony is one, LeBron James criticized it publicly. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't a play in, there'd be a good chance the Lakers would not make it to the playoffs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, which would be tragic for a lot of people. I mean, a little bit for me. But yeah, no, that's crazy because I think right now they're like seven, six, seven. No, yeah, they're, they're bubbling on the seven, eight seed. Yeah, yeah. It's seven, eight, nine, ten play mm-hmm. the little system, seven versus eight or whatever it is. So And I think this is one season where because of just how the season was set up, COVID, all that stuff, I don't really know who's like a quote-unquote favorite to win it all because the East and West are both good. Like, and it's been a while since that has happened also. Yeah, there's parity in both sides. So as good as the Lakers are, you got the Nets who signed everybody and their mama and tried to get some mileage out of them. Like the last cigarette, but... Yeah, and then teams like Portland, who are also in that, like, six, seven mm-hmm. range, who are, like, really good, but they just don't have a good record for it. And then Phoenix, like, new teams, like, is Phoenix really about to win? Or Utah, because they're number one? Like, and then you got Denver, who always is going to be competitive. <laughs> there are so many teams. And, then, of course, the Bucks. Can't yep. forget the Bucks. What do you think about the Bucks? What do you think is going to be, like, their strength? Or what's going to propel them all the way? <laughs> you know what? The Bucks frustrate me because the Bucks are so good. Their record is bananas regular season. Yeah. And then they get to the playoffs and just get stage fright. And so it really frustrates me because I want... It's been a long time since the Bucks have been good for this long. Mm-hmm. But... You gotta do something with you gotta it. Do something you can't with just it. waste Giannis youth. Right. And that's <laughs> how I feel about... This is another unpopular opinion. I feel like that's what the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers. They wasted his uh, best years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it would frustrate me to no end. I'm like, why won't the Packers just spend some money and get him a decent line and get him a decent defense? Right. So he's not always playing from behind. Right. And I used to cry for Aaron Rodgers because he was so great, but they would spend no money to support him. And he has suffered so much disrespect. <laughs> well, we just transitioned right into football. Like, right A-Rod there. is like... 
on the fence with the Packers. <laughs> he's like a fed-up wife, man. He's done with y'all. Yes. He's like, look, I will sit out. It might cost me a couple million, but y'all going to have to trade me. And I think he'll get his trade. They you say do? they won't. I think they will. They ain't going to do him like Deshaun Watson. The Texans did Deshaun oh, Watson. Man, yeah. They're yeah. going to trade. They're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Only one, because he wants it. Two, they want him gone. And so they can give Jordan Love or whoever the backup yeah. is a shot. Yeah. I mean, they knew what they were doing when they drafted him, right? Everyone right. was bringing that back up, too, because, I mean, here we are. You have to quarterback to replace Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you didn't even do it the way that you they, you did it with Favre. Like, Favre, you know, they right. Favre was still going. Uh-huh. And Aaron sat on the bench for three years. Favre was going and going. <laughs> he was going and <laughs> going. he couldn't go no more. Like, he couldn't go oh, no my more. gosh, fully gray. <laughs> yep, On yep. the football field. No, yeah. So that would be interesting to see. You're still a few months off from football season. Yeah, but, but that's, that's all everybody's talking about. Eventually, I think they'll come to a resolution. Well, they'll trade Aaron get what they can for him, get his contract off the books and move on with life and then we'll probably suck right. for a while. So Aaron Rodgers wants more money or he just doesn't want to play for the team? So I think he wanted an extension to his contract. Okay. Because he got a nice size contract. And so normally, you know this as you watch sports, but when a team gives an extension to a player, a key player, that's a vote of confidence saying like, hey, mm-hmm. you're going to be the future. You're going to be in the driver's seat. But there's been a lot of lack of communication between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, it seems like, where they just was doing stuff. And I know from being on teams, not just sports team, but in a business partnership, the most frustrating thing is when people just start doing stuff and they ain't like they got to run it past you, but just give you a heads up so you can prepare. Or ask for your input because I'm the one that's going to have to perform under these New conditions. Uh, these new conditions. So right. when we ain't winning, if we eight and eight, I'm going to be like, it's because you signed a whack center or you didn't give me a line or I have no running back. We yeah. have no running game. And you didn't ask me, which is why LeBron, I think, is so special because he is basically like the de facto GM of any team, <laughs> any team he goes to. He basically handpicks and goes out Literally. and gets the team. And then he don't complain. Like, if the team don't work, he sucks it up because he picked these guys. So right, right. I think that's the difference between football and basketball. Yeah, so A-Rod wants the extension, and they're like, mm, but you got other plans. <laughs> and then he was like, well, and right now I don't think he's as toxic as like Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Yeah. They nah, ain't got that nah. bad. But knowing people in Green Bay and how toxic, like how stubborn they can be, and no knock to anybody in Green <laughs> Bay, but just knowing the history, it has a potential to go very toxic very fast. But I think that Aaron Rodgers will be a professional and try to mitigate it. But he only got so much before he's going to start speaking his mind. Well, I will prefer he leaves because as a Lions fan, <laughs> we've been through tremendous years of just A-Rod torture and pain and, like, heartbreak. Ooh, girl, so you are. I'm still trying to hold on to my Lions. But you, you are a martyr. I think we just got, who's that, Jared Goff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers leaves and if he does, where. You know what? The Lions baffle me because we both have the <laughs> Michigan connection. And so I watch people who grew up in Michigan just suffer. Oh, my gosh. You honestly. guys suffer more than the Cubs fans. What is wrong with the Lions? Because Stafford was a good quarterback. He was good. He put up good numbers. His stats line was nice. What was it? How come the Lions couldn't get right? They could never get over the hump of finishing games. Mm. Is what I saw 
I don't know as far as like coaching and all that stuff, but like what I saw on the field, so many losses every season were like one possession mm. or like turnovers, interception at the end of the game, those types of things. So yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> it's been hard. And I think they've got some new pieces in place with A-Rod leaving. <laughs> we, we really got a shot. Like, I'm not A-Rod, Aaron Rodgers. So, like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, I'm just going to be ready to bear down and just let it, whatever happens with the Packers, I'm just going to suck it up because the Lions have taken their lumps. The Bears have taken their <laughs> lumps. The Vikings have taken their lumps. All so right. it's, it's time for a new. It's time for the Packers to take our... We've been spoiled, man. We've been spoiled. So Very. this is when real fans have to just really stick together <laughs> and just get through it, man. They talking about taking away. This is how it affects the money. If Aaron Rodgers leave, they were talking about taking away the Packers' primetime game. So, like, putting them mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mid-slot where you can, like, red zone it, yeah. go through there. And so, instead of having Monday night or the Sunday night game, wow, you can bump to Thursday and Sunday midday, like right, that 3 just, o'clock game. Right, right. So, yeah, man, they treating them like the Golden State Alrighty. Warriors when Kevin Durant left. <laughs> it's a cold world, man. Oh, before we end, we got to talk about this. J. Cole going to play pro basketball in Africa. Wait, what? Yeah, that was the news yesterday. See, I don't see these things. Oh, man. You know what? I wish I was in the bubble you are in. (laughs) I'm in the work bubble. You're in the work bubble. I need to be more in the work bubble. (laughs) But yeah, J. Cole is releasing an album on Friday. He has a documentary called The Off Season on YouTube. It's like 12 minutes long. And I watched it this morning. Very interesting. Oh, wow. And even at his age, he's in his 30s. He signed up. To, I think he's playing ball in, like, I want to say South Africa. But don't wow. quote me. I always knew he's been good at basketball. I'm really, like, Africa, like, going out there to play. That surprises me. But him being on a team, that doesn't surprise me. You start to see a lot of expatriates, expats going from America to Africa now. So, like, Stevie Wonder is moving to Africa or has really? moved to Africa. Dave Chappelle said he's going to move mm-hmm. to Ghana. Now you got J. Cole playing ball over there. So you're seeing a lot of people, just because of the racial climate in America, the people who have the means Mm -hmm. are deciding to go and be in the motherland. So... (laughs) Yes, I need to get like a 15-year plan in motion <laughs> to, to get to Africa. No, that's crazy, though. What was my plan to go to Ghana at the end of the year? So I'm trying to, this summer, I'll be focused on getting my shots and getting my vaccines mm-hmm. and getting my visa. So nice, you got to nice. go to Ghana, you got to send your passport, get the visa. It takes a couple of weeks, and then they send it back to you. Right. And then it's good for like, I think, two years. So I'm going to try to... It's fancy. I had a Chinese visa. And I, just, I felt real cool. But it's in my old passport. I actually had to renew my passport recently, which is like, dang, I've had this for 10 years. So it's good to know. So we'll have to talk about on another, as people travel, starts traveling and moving around, which countries are requiring you to have the vaccine and the efficacy of that. Yes. And speaking of, honestly, listeners, if you guys have any topics or things you want answered, legal questions, like anything that has come about in your life that you... Want to get a little opinion on that we can talk about? Please comment on any of our social media platforms where we post the podcast. And then you can also shoot us an email. Yeah, and we'll do our best to answer it on the air. And Steve will throw it into his unpopular opinion. And I'll, or I'll throw it into my unpopular opinion. <laughs> but it sounds good. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And catch you later. See you next time. 
you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review in your favorite podcast app. We would love to hear from you. If you have questions or just want to say hi, you can reach out on our website listed in the show notes. Till next time, practice in motion.